I just want to make sure this is good. Damn good, damn good. Another banga. That was so silly. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Van Mac Podcast. Today, I have two special guests here with me. So go ahead and introduce yourselves. Doesn't matter. Go ahead. What's up? What's up? SL in the building. <laughs> got Box, Eugene, Maddie. What's going on? Yes, sir. Salon is definitely in the building. Rodney Sawyer, uh, also known as Double R, also known as uh, many other things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thank you guys again, you know, for being here. Um, so today I wanted to discuss with you about like the state of fashion for black and African-American um, people and designers. Um, and also like, what do you think about Dapper Dan's interview? Do you agree with what he says? And do you also think that quality is a black or a white thing? So firstly in his interview, cause I was just brief it cause you didn't see it. And you saw another one. Did you see it on the... I saw a little bit of the Hot 97. Hot 97, yeah. He did like yeah. a promo thing because of his book. Yeah. So he was on all the radio stations. Um, so in his interview, he talked about how black people um, need to create a sustainable economy, meaning um, creating quality over quantity and um, how we have to invest time and knowledge and be willing to learn and read. So what do you think about that, what I just said? I mean, definitely, I feel like in terms of our, our, our community, it's a numbers game. There's a lot of us, and we've already been introduced to drawbacks from the very beginning, you know, in school growing up, not learning the things that we're supposed to learn and right. things that we're grasping now. But um, I feel like he's absolutely right when it comes to that because the more you read, the more you educate yourself, the more powerful and the more um, confident you're gonna feel in your words and when you speak to people. Right. And it's just a lot of, a lot of things just passes by and it's because we don't have the knowledge about certain things. Right, I totally so agree with that. It's a big eye-opener. Yeah, you know? yeah. What do you think? I mean, I feel as though you have to go out and seek knowledge for yourself, you know? Um, a lot of aspects of life, really, you should be self-taught. Um, you know, school is cool and everything. Uh, I was never a fan of college or anything like that. Um, so, really, what I've noticed with more with most entrepreneurs that are on that caliber, they have to really teach themselves and really seek the you know certain type of knowledge for themselves. So, right. yeah, I feel like that's really what it really comes down to. Right. And why aren't you a fan of college? Um, I. I feel as though it's like um, almost like the systematic norm. Okay. Um, I can agree with that. I don't believe in conforming. I just I just did it really for my mother. You know, then they am African, so it's kind of like yeah, one thing or the other. <laughs> yeah, thing to do. Um, and it's you know, even though my endeavors were, were making me money, uh, you know, my residuals, I was able to sustain myself. It was still one of those things. Like she was like, you know, you have to have a safety net. So right. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, for me personally, 
I think the same thing that you think about college. And then I agree with you, like with schools, like learning, teaching us things and like that. Um, like for me, school was always singled out, like especially when it came to your color, like me growing up in Howard County, it's always a thing of the teachers paying attention to the white kids and not enough attention to the black kids. So it, I noticed that like firsthand. So like, especially if you, re if you read a little slow or you weren't really focused in class, they will kind of separate you and put you in, in, in a separate small like teaching group, which I did not agree with, you know, but it was just, that's how they did things. Um, so they always blamed it on, you know, oh, you're a trouble child because you don't want to listen or you don't want to, you know. But it's usually, I feel like those kind of kids, they just are bored and they're, they, they just need to be challenged. That's how I look at it. Um, with college, me graduating, um, I got my bachelor's at Moore in fashion design. Um, I really looked at it as, I spent so much money in this school, I could have used this to start my business. You know, Precisely. You know, so I could have really like got extra money on my loan, probably up to $80,000 and I could have started my business. But once I graduated, I learned that I did not know that much that I needed to learn. Like I did not get what I needed to get out of that school. So I was just talking to my mom, like how I want to get my master's. And I think it's important to really learn. If you can go to college, I think it's important to get an internship. I think it's important yeah, to, 100%. you know, cause you can learn from those other people. But then again, we're living in a world where we can't really rely on people for help, you know, cause everyone is so focused on their own thing. And especially the older people who are willing to teach they have a lot going on or they just can't keep up. So, I mean, I read, um, I have like my books that I use. So I definitely use it as a reference. YouTube is a big help. That's what I use. Shout out YouTube University. But, <laughs> right, shout out. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you, if you can definitely afford school, I say just do it because it opens up a lot of doors, especially in the design I mean, career. Really, you're, you know, with college, you're really just paying for the network. I would right. say um, mm -hmm. I went to two different you know universities and I met a lot of a lot of good people um, so definitely I would say it's more so the network yeah. but I would say internships is very essential really mm -hmm. um, because I mean look at look at even Kanye West he even you know had an internship so right right yeah he interned at a lot of good places mm -hmm. but even with that like with his fashion line like i'm not really a huge fan of his line at all like i think kanye west is awesome and i want the old kanye back but the old kanye is gone we don't have him no more so <laughs> so right so i think that he really took the time to learn he learned from some really good people he learned in some like a couple of european countries i think in paris and some other places and I feel like with that, he could have really, like, created, like, a really dope fashion brand, you know? Because I look at Yeezy as just, like, high fashion streetwear, which is fine and it's cool, but it's not something that is really going to last. And that's what Dapper Dan was saying, especially, like, Off-White, Virgil Abloh. Um, he's Ghanaian, which I didn't really know. I didn't know at all. thought he was just, like, born here. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So he was also saying in the interview that he was saying we have to check our facts because he thinks that he doesn't own Off-White, which I kind of believe and I kind of don't believe it. Um, but when you look at it, there's no way in hell that he has that much money to produce all these clothing, you know, every year. So he has to have some type of finance. 
So he probably is owned by somebody else. Part of a group. Right, right. So that also brings me to like my next question. Do you think it's right to conform to like the white man's money? Uh, <laughs> it's necessary in some aspects. It's kind of right. uh, it's difficult to get around that. Um, because that's what Dapper Dan did in a way. Because they sense. copied Gucci, copied from him. So in a sense, um, I, I think more so in this day and age, it's hard to get around it because you have to be smart, you know. But you can't have too much pride because it's like you have to utilize the white man's money and opportunities and filter it into the black man's business. Right. I mean, that's low key, especially if you're trying to make it in the fashion or music because fashion industry is the same exact thing as the music industry. It's the same world, same thing. Right. Um, it all goes hand in hand, acting, all that, the arts, it all goes hand in hand. So really the white man runs a lot of that. So you have to, you know, really utilize that. So I, I would say you have to somewhat conform. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in a sense. Right. What do you think? Um, and just to piggyback off of that, I feel like it, it is definitely necessary. I feel like us as black people, we've poured so much of the black dollar into the white man, and now we're in a position where we can get the white dollars to help fund what we were supposed to do a long time ago. Right. You know, they're so fascinated in our Afrobeats. They're so fascinated right. in our clothing. They're so fascinated in this down the third yeah. not even just white people but all cultures mm-hmm. want to know what it's like to be african now right but they're capitalizing african. off of that too exactly yeah and to to even um piggyback again i know you guys saw the posts about the white lady being praised about the bonnets yes <laughs> that is a mess that is like so white nonsense i really I, I really don't know i just feel like it's time for us to take their money Right. obviously we're in a position where it's cool to be us right you know mm-hmm. literally right and she I think it's not her company's worth $90,000 for bonnets I'm like this is insane like for real like I was like okay so yeah that's this white nonsense that's what I like to call it um <laughs> baloney baloney <laughs> So, that's crazy. Yeah, it's like, it's crazy. Cause it's really the cool thing to be African now, you know, not just be black. It you know, to every, be every ethnicity in the entire world wants to be black, mm-hmm. you know. But even more so now, even before, you know, the Black Panther era and mm-hmm. all that, <laughs> you know, um, everybody, including black folks, mm-hmm. want to be African, mm-hmm. you know, and they're literally like stealing our culture, stealing everything from fashion to, you know, to music, everything that they're, they're just stealing it. They're trying to duplicate it. Yeah. They're trying to do everything they can. Yeah. Um, it's just crazy because it's not back in the day we were getting made fun of and, you know, they made mm-hmm. us the bid. Now we're, like, we're on yeah. top. Yeah. So you smell like uh, fish. Now we're on top. Yeah. Yeah. All these things, you know. It's the most popular right. of these American, I mean, these white people dancing to, to African, these right. white people on Instagram trying to speak Creole. Right. You saw the white crazy. man uh, <laughs> singing Ye? Yeah. He's doing more songs, bro. So much some money fall on you. Oh my God. Like, bro, Why are you just doing this? This is wild, bro. He's just doing this for fame. Banga! Clout. Banga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's crazy, bro. It's a mess. But, okay, so like, do you think European brands look down on black Americans? Hell yeah, they do. Why? Repeat that. Do you think European brands look down on black Americans? 100%. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Why? 
feel like it comes down to like if you look the part or yeah like i feel like they they carry themselves in such a way where it's like they really look at you like you're cut from a different cloth you're right. not one of us right you know right. and that's why it's very important that instead of us as a whole try to focus on streetwear brands we really need to focus on the quality of product that we're putting out there whether it's a, a deep digital market whether it's um fashion you know we just really need to step it up right you know like off-white is its thing fear of god is its thing yes fear of god is dope you know what i'm yeah. saying like those type of brands those things are cool but as I even say, pierre know, what is it called pierre moss pierre moss is cool is it pierre there's a certain way they said it i want to get it right it's it's P like p-y-e-r right? yeah pierre yeah pierre and i guess it's pierre. isn't there something called like public school Public yeah, well, school, yeah, yes, public school is dope. They're lit. They're lit. Um, Hood by Air used to yeah. be it, but used he's to be not it really. So Rocky killed it. Oh, who's that? Yeah, Rocky decided to kill it. I don't blame him though. They weren't trying to give Rocky a piece of the pie, so. Oh. So this clip for Rocky. You. Shout Alpha out to Duel. Rocky. Alpha <laughs> Duo. Alpha Duo. Alpha Duo. Like, what team am I gonna do, huh? Um. So, do you think because we're black, we have to support black brands? I wouldn't say we have to. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say we have to. <laughs> um, I feel like at least it's our due diligence mm -hmm. to let each other know that if something isn't of quality or if something can be better, we need to give that constructive criticism. And there's a certain way we can go by it, you know? If you see someone that's putting out dance videos or something for say mm -hmm. you know and you know they can go much harder than that you can comment on the post and you say oh fire this that and that but if you're a little bit more personal to them you know take some time and let them know hey I can tell that you didn't do x y and z right you know push yourself and stuff like that I feel like we're in a time where it's just like everyone is at that like that ground level where it's like if we get that push we can take it like um, to infinity and beyond, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. So I agree that's, with that. That's just one thing that I've noticed. Yeah, because a lot of people mm -hmm. just support just to support. Like one of my mm -hmm. friends do that, and or I'm fake, like, I'm not or supporting. Fake support. Or fake support. For the clout. Yeah. CCs, yeah. clout chasers. Yeah. And ops opportunists. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's very true. Yeah, and there's I'm a lot of them out there, and you notice, and it's just is it's just so bad, but. I think constructive criticism is the best. You have to tell people. I think if you notice that they're they're doing well in it, but they can do better, and you see it for them, then why not just tell them? I mean, there's a way, just how you say it. You know, you don't have to say it in an arrogant way. You don't have to say it in a mean way. Um, but most definitely, like, because I'm tired of, like, the T-shirt, like, whole, like, thing, you know? Like, t-shirts is cool, but let's just do, let's just push the envelope just a little more. Like, words and just prints on shirts is just anything. Where's, like, the, where's the art? Where's the concept? Yes, you know, like, it just has to be a little more. And I feel like the mindset and everything has to just change. Because, for one, people are worried about money. They want to be able to make money. Chuku. <laughs> so, so chuku down. <laughs> looking for that cash <laughs> no that <laughs> for real like like that's that's what it is like people 
And I feel like one people don't believe in themselves. When you believe in yourselves, can't nobody tell you anything. Like when you really have that mindset, like I can do this, and I'm gonna put my mind to it. You can't worry about anyone, like at all. Like you can just do it. And I feel like if people would just believe in themselves more and take that step and take that, you know, think outside the box, they can really produce some like really really dope shit. Like we're more than just, you know, that. Like me and my friend was talking about eat. The brand here. Yeah, like I think, like when I first saw it, I was just like, okay, you know. But I really like the concept. I do like the logo, and I like how he is like an embroidery patch or something like that. I'm like, okay, that's that's something, you know. It's something, especially like with his market and what he's doing. Mm -hmm. It works for him and his brand. So I'm just like, if we can just push the envelope a little more, like we can really be great. And the crazy part is when I'm when I'm talking about like black Americans and African Americans, sometimes I'm like torn in between the two because I consider myself African. I don't consider myself a black American. So I noticed that that black (laughs) Americans are just fallen and they're just falling. And then just like the African Americans were finally like getting on our are on our way, you know. So I don't know. I don't know the state of what's gonna happen, but I feel like if we get it together and we all work together, it can be, because one, people are scared of sharing their ideas because they think people are gonna take it. Majority of people do take your ideas. Yes. But I'm a firm believer of God gives you those ideas and if someone takes it, he can give you more ideas. So if someone takes your, you know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. Let's think of the next best thing. Chief mine. But, right. So many of them, bro. So, so, Chief with the Chief. So, so. I swear for the folks. Right, nah, for real. I cannot. It's really wild. I see it all the time. So I don't blame some of these some of these artists. Well, the real artists, there's a lot of posers, but the real artists that, um, don't want to, you know, like express their ideas until it's like concrete or right. it's physical. Um, mm-hmm. Because people really, you know, especially in this DMV melting pot, people really, that's, I mean, that's the number one thing that they do. They literally rape <laughs> ideas. No, I believe it though. No, seriously. No, but I don't even, because I was talking to Eugene, I don't really associate with like anybody like, in the DMV. Like, I try to go to like what's happening and things like that, but it just never works out. And then when I go to those events, I don't really mesh well. With what's happening? What were you saying? You said what's happening. Like what's happening in the area. Oh, I thought like, that was an event. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't steal that if you listen. <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> no cap. No, for real. <laughs> I'm telling you. But, um, Let's see. What's happening? Right, what's happening? Oh, right. <laughs> It's going to be a page creative. Um, yeah, I don't really, like, because I know there's a lot of things happening in the DMV, and I try to, like, go to certain things, but I don't know. It's just either everyone's in their own little clique, they don't want to associate, you know. Yeah, and with, I feel like people, uh, we can curse on this, right? Yeah. It's like people <laughs> have their head up their ass, you know? Yeah. Like, they go places, they're still on their phones, Mm. They're still talking to the people they rode in the car with. Yeah. Just like you came out the house. Right. At least meet someone new. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you never know 
Just like my sister, my sister, shout out my sister Sarai, she in the building, you know, she in the corner right there. Yeah, looking flea. Very fleeky. Give it a yell, she, give it a yell. She dresses herself. She does a good job. Very <laughs> got fresh. The, got the bob. <laughs> bob, bob. <laughs> but, um, it's just as simple as just coming out the house and just being social, yeah. you know? And you can't judge a book by its cover at all. You never know walking into the room who someone is and just right. having a conversation. Just having a conversation with exactly. them. Having a conversation. It's not, no one's going to hit you. No one's going to make a face at you. It's just all in your approach. And right. if you're genuine towards someone, they're going to be genuine towards you back. Mm-hmm. And I feel as though more so, it's like pride. A lot of people from this area, for some reason, I call it DMV pride. Mm-hmm. It's like people are very so prideful. So pride. Pride. So so pride. pride and ego. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I've observed a lot. So I don't really know why it's like that out here. It's right. like, I think it's because it's not too many people from this area that's really made it. Mm, like um, that. So everybody wants to kind of like kind of move Hollywood. Right. Um, you know, I've been and to many followers other places. Too. Yeah, I've been to many places in, mm-hmm. um, you know, L.A., New York, um, you know, Canada, all these different places, a lot of different creatives, um, people that are actually really big in real life. And, mm-hmm. You know, they don't act like that. So. Right. You gotta humble. Humble yourself, you know? Um, So I did some research. I did some research on you. I know you're a designer. You do... You have your clothing line. What is it called? Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. uh, Well, it's it's, it's multiple brands. I own two. I'm a part of a third one. So the the most recent one that uh, I I focused on, for the most part, that I'm the CMO of, Mm -hmm. Chief Marketing Officer, is Malolo. Okay. Malolo. Malolo. Okay. Um, do you feel like what's your demographic that supports you the most in that? Um, I would say the youth, for okay. sure. Okay. <clears throat> Probably ages like fourteen mm-hmm. to twenty-eight. Okay. Okay. I'd say it's the main demographic. Okay. And do you think um it's more black, African, white people? It's more so I would say black and African. I mean the you know the word Maloa means you know I have money basically mm-hmm. I have wealth so. Right. Yeah, um, you know, it comes down to my independent label, uh, Reclusive, Rock Reclusive, Double R. I would say the same demographic as well. Right. Um, I mean, it's, it's high-end streetwear, so, mm-hmm. you know, streetwear has become a universal thing, uni- universal language. Right. Um, and I would say virtual has played a big part in that. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm pretty happy about that. I mean, you have people from all age age groups wearing streetwear. Right. You see people in the 50s, 60s literally wearing streetwear, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Virgil definitely started that whole streetwear wave, especially with Pyrex Vision or just Pyrex. I don't know which one it was, but with that, that was very, very big. A lot of people, you know, started doing their own brands, seeing his stuff flourish. It was really, really cool. Um, do you think that streetwear would is something that's gonna last, or do you think it will fade? Um, I feel as though streetwear will be forever, really, because. What determines that is the youth. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the youth is the forefront of culture. Right. Um, I don't feel like people really realize that um, youth literally determine whatever is going to be cool, whatever is going to last. Right. And, um, you know, it comes down to not just, it really comes down to what also what can, can be afforded, what's affordable. Right. So, exactly. You know, exactly. a lot of them can't afford designer. Um, they can't afford these five, six hundred dollar tees. Right. So they're gonna get 
something from the thrift store, you know, cut it up and make it look like streetwear or whatever have you. So Mm -hmm. I don't think streetwear will ever die, to be honest. No. Um, Because a lot of these, like, brands, they have shirts that are, like, 600 to, like, $800. And I don't don't know why. Chris, they're Chris. (laughs) For real. What kind of material to use? (laughs) Cotton material. That's what it is. Like... Gilded tees. Right. That's, uh... (laughs) But, um... Yeah, I just feel like if you want someone to wear your brand, you should at least make it, like, affordable for them to wear. And you can source high quality, um, you know, materials and fabrics that you can still use that, you know, can still be affordable. And a lot of these brands don't understand it, you know. So, to piggy, I, think, I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, no go ahead, go ahead. But to um, piggyback off of what you were saying, I feel like a lot of these brands, they want their items to be exclusive for a certain demographic as well. Mm, yes, know? that's true. Mm-hmm. So that's why by bumping up the price, if the brand has enough history or if there's enough um, celebrities endorsing that brand, mm-hmm. people are going to now look at it like, okay, Offset just wore a new Gucci sweater. Mm-hmm. I like Offset. Right. I'm gonna get that Gucci sweater. Like right, 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 that's right, how right. people think. Right. Right. But you know, think and but you know why though? Because Gucci put themselves on that level. Right. They put themselves to that standard. So that's why that's what Dapper Dan was saying. If we create a brand and we put it to that standard, I'm pretty sure people will look at other brands like that. Not saying that you have to compromise and do a $100 t-shirt. You can do $150, you can do $200 t-shirt. Mm-hmm. But if you promote it in a way that is of high quality, people are more prone to buy it. Mm-hmm. So, because, and, oh my God. So yesterday, just to piggyback mm-hmm. off of what you're saying. Um... Yesterday in church, they said, um, they were talking about, this new pastor was talking about a sermon. So he was, let me see if I can find it. So he was talking about legacy, how your first, your last name is more powerful than your first name. So he was saying like brands like Kraft, Wells Fargo, Gucci, Welchers, you know, Grape Juice, um, Rolls Royce, and some other big brands. He was saying that we're basically supporting them as a consumer, like we're putting our money into Wells Fargo, these family-owned businesses, but we're not investing into our own families. So when he was saying that, I was like, wow, like you're really right, you know? Like, I mean, I don't buy Gucci, I don't buy these other things, but we are investing into other family brands. And when he was reading those names, half of these family brands, they're white or European. I don't think he na- like labeled one black or African family brand. So he was just saying the power of using your last name, how that can really start something and it can really like stay, can stand out. So, yeah, like when he said that, I was like, wow, you know, that just changed my whole perception of like my, you know, just thinking about my business, how I put things together like where I'm going to put my money, investments and things like that. Even like saving $10 aside for life insurance can help your family in the future. God forbid anything happens. That's two, $3 million for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just little stuff like that. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. The last name is very important. 
Uh, I've emphasized that a lot. I would say within like probably like the last four years, I started pushing it more and more and more. Sawyer, Sawyer, like going ham on that. Right. Like even with like, you know, Sawyer, there's two R's in my last name, which probably a lot of people didn't know. So that's why I'd emphasis, like, mm-hmm. emphasize the double R. My, you know, my folks are pretty, um, pretty crazy about that too. Like make sure, you know, it's two R's. So right. yeah, I would say your last name is very important. Very um, important. Any move I make, I'm trying to add value really to my last name. I want to make that last name last forever. Right. You know, so yeah. leave a legacy for my children, you know, grandkids, etc. So yeah, that, definitely every move I make, I, I, I think that way at least. I'm yeah. Cognitive of how I move. Yeah. Yep. And even like using the last name, and then you see how last names have to do with um, charity groups and community organizations and stuff like that. It's just like being able to leave that legacy for your great great grandkids to say, oh, my great great grandfather was this person. Yes. Like that's, that's very dope. Yeah. And although, you know, we might not live to see everything <coughs> just to create that blueprint right and it's a blessing that although we're not in agreement to how everything is ran in America but I still thank my parents for giving me the opportunity to be born into this um, area you know right. and it's just it's just really crazy like how all the Sierra Leonean parents say okay we're gonna be in Maryland and then look at all the Sierra Leoneans <laughs> coming together. Everyone in this room right now is Sierra Leone. Right, which is and dope. We're all doing our own thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's really crazy. It, it dawns me every day, every day I wake up. It's crazy. Right, right. But big things, big things are coming, so. Huge, man. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's crazy. It's like seeing it all come full circle. Mm-hmm. People I've known for years, you know, finally getting some of the recognition they deserve. Right. Um, honestly, a beautiful thing to witness. Yeah, it is good. So, what about you, photographer? <laughs> I like to call myself an artist. Right, an artist. Visual artist. Every, Visual. Every, everyone's a photographer nowadays. Visual exactly. artist. Exactly. These 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 frauds. Oh my God! Big Tell me fraud, about it. Fraud, you can tell yeah. too. You're like, oh my God. Gosh, pick up a camera because they want to see. They want to see Bubby. <laughs> That's Bubby. I see words. I see all that. I see that kind of nasty, <laughs> foolish, <laughs> foolish <laughs> things. There. Nonsense. <laughs> For real. That's a do you. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you, what's your most demographic, like, with? Oh, man. I love my African people, man. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta diversify a little bit, but I love my people. I gotta, I gotta cater to my people first because at the end of the day, when we were growing up, we weren't catered, we were catered to the least. You know, and I've always been that person that's always like stood up for us. I used to sell jollof rice. And my mom knows this. She knows the bowls that our house were missing because I was trapping them things in the hallway. <laughs> I was feeding these Americans. I was making them pay that money for our stuff. They love jollof rice. Quote, and, and quote me on it. Cassava leaf, they love Cassava leaf, yes. Granite soup, cream cream, they eat mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. That's also macaroni and cheese that he eats collard oh, greens. It <laughs> was some culture. Right. I that culture from a, from an early age, you know. Right. But um, yeah, my demographic, definitely the youth. As Rodney said earlier, if you don't pay attention to the kids, man, you you stuck. Right. You're done because you're gonna be washed out. 
and you're gonna look to your people from the 80s that are, are, are trying to build a retirement plan to come and support you when there's people that are young that are just trying to look to things to gravitate towards you know and the one thing that I'm happy about about these kids growing up now is they want to know more about what's happened in the past I feel like in our time frame we were just playing goofing off and now that we're 20 25 years of age we're only now catching up and seeing what's really been going on this whole time but you have 16 year olds 17 year olds that are learning what we're learning right now and it's crazy like what if we acquired that knowledge back then right you know that's very true that's very true so yeah i just think that um as a race you just have to come together and do better and not like be scared of you know everyone as an individual like worried about ideas or like who's gonna take what um and then just sharing like what you know sharing your knowledge too you know i feel like it doesn't take much to share what you know um because you can't really be scared of someone like being bigger than you i think that's what the problem is for today people are scared that whoever they teach is going to be bigger than them which is ridiculous you know so what do you all think about that someone that you know is giving someone pointers and do you think that that um, people should or just keep what they whatever knowledge nah, they know nah, to nah. themselves? So I'm happy that you asked this question. So shout out my boy Hey Tobes. You know, if you're out there listening, brother, shout out to you. <laughs> um I'd say spill the tea. You know, at the end of the day, my my boy AM, shout out AM as well. He was he was talking about the fact that other ethnic groups they can all live in the same house, they can all go work the same job, and they can all stack bread together to reach their own goals. And they're helping each other reach their own individual goals. It's not like they're all coming together and saying this is our collective goal, you know, but that's very powerful. How come we as black people can't say, okay, let's chime in together, we're, we're, we're so prideful and as you said, people are so afraid of someone taking someone else's idea. But at the end of the day, if you, it, I, I'd rather work with my people because the talent's there, the intellect is there, the hustle, the drive, all of it is there, mm-hmm. you know? And at the end of the day, I feel like our people are already gonna treat our people the best. You're gonna feel more comfortable around your people. You're not gonna feel like, although like, we're shady, we're shady individuals as a whole, you know, it's, it's really messed up. Right. Our society is messed up and everything's messed right. up. Right, very shady. But, um, Especially in Africa. Right. People can, crazy. like, talk about what other people are doing wrong, but it's like, but what are you doing, you know? Uh-huh, and, and so. that's, that's another thing. It's just, like, instead of just pointing or frowning upon people, how can you say something to make that person better? Right. You know, no one wants to do that. Everyone just wants to kind of, like, laugh or shun or not really like, like I don't even like talking about this type of stuff because it's, it's real depressing and it's sad to yeah. see. Because it's like you will literally catch someone, say, oh, that's cool to that person's face. And then five seconds later, walk down the street, they're talking bad they're talking about, about, about you. Yeah. It's crying your back. And it's, yeah. it's a shysty world we live in. Yeah. It's like, ugh. But to um, stay on your topic, I feel like it's just really important to, um, 
each one teach one. I think that's the the phrase that they use. But um, it's just like if we don't teach each other, or we don't help each other out, the the same things that we've been seeing all our lives growing up is, are just going to continue to happen. Right. We're at a point in the time where there's a shift, where those. I'm not trying to like put put um ethnic groups and labels and stuff like that, but um. We have a chance to take over it all. Right. We have a chance to grab the entire pot, like not even half the pot, not a quarter of the pot, not an eighth, like the whole thing. Like right. we can run everything for right. real. Right. And as I said, the biggest problem is because people don't want to come together and make that sacrifice and say, hey, let's all cop this crib and let's build everything. You know what I'm saying? Like. There was another post earlier that I saw about um, five friends. They literally saved, I think it was like $50 oh, yeah, I saw every that two too. weeks. Mm-hmm. And they bought their first property. And they're, I guess they're going to do like a community center, that type of thing. Oh, wow. Like there's no reason why a group of friends that you have right now can't come together and do something that's like global like that. Right. You know, and, uh, and uh, it's gotten to a point now where... I'm a huge believer in actions speak louder than words. A lot of people talk, a lot of people say a lot of things, and you know, it's something that I've worked on too. But if you're not acting on things and I literally don't see the see actions it. from you, I distance myself from you. Right. Because at the end of the day, not everyone's gonna be able to be on the ride that you're taking, the journey that you're taking. Yeah. You can't take everyone on that journey. You cannot. You can't, yeah. and it's something that I had to learn. And it's rough because growing up, I wanted to just make sure everyone was good. I was just friendly to everybody, even the people that didn't deserve me to be that friendly towards them, right. you know? And I've been told that too, like, countless times and stuff like that. And it's just, which why, which is why I carry myself with the people I carry myself with. If I call you bro, if I call you sis, I mean that. It's not a literal term. It's not... A playful turn or anything like that. I take words like that very seriously. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Do you have anything to conclude? Um. I mean, pretty much a big wrap up of what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, you know, definitely. You know, growing up. Um, you know, I showed love to people that didn't show me. You know, that same. You know. Uh, I would say didn't reciprocate that. Right. You know, and. Um, you know, being in this industry for so long, it can take a toll on you. Yeah. Um, definitely take a toll on you mentally. It's just like I've seen a lot, you know, observed a lot, I've witnessed a lot. So mm-hmm. uh, it can it can get pretty spooky. Right, right. Um, all right, guys. Well, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much again. Daily, daily cheers. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, solid, yeah. <laughs> experience. Um, let everybody know where they can follow you or, you know, if you want to do that. You can follow me at Rod Reclusive. Um, follow the brand Malolo at Malolo. Um, yeah. Follow the cat Getbox, G-E-T-B-O-X-E-D underscore, man. Don't forget it. And MaloClothing.com, RodneySawyer.com. Can't forget the, the websites. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you got to drop, drop the website, James, man. Drop it on, drop it on. Man, Eugene yes, Maddie, the one and only Eugene Maddie, E-U-G-E-N-E-M-A-D-D-Y.com. 
There's no other. And we're running a special too right now. Hundred dollar special, man. Go and get that. Yes, sir. <laughs> Hot fire. Hot fire. Hot All right, ready. guys. Um, thanks again. Um, also follow Van Mac Podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, um, Google Podcasts, and a couple other um, platforms too. Um, thank you so much for listening. Also, tweet me your um, opinions and um, any topics you want me to cover at Van Mac Podcast on Twitter. Um, thank you so much for listening again, and take care. Peace. Bless. I'm just the one with the money bags, moving from middle to upper class. Take your investment and double that, then make some more money and run it back. Roll up a J and get stupid high, start in this game, only few survive. We aren't the same, I am super fly. You said that I've changed, I think you will die.